A rested child is a happy child. Sleep Tight Stories is a weekly podcast that brings comfort and joy to families worldwide with calming bedtime stories. The stories are relevant to children and spark wonder without overstimulation, so they can fall asleep and stay asleep. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For a bedtime routine you'll miss when they're grown, Sleep Tight Stories. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. Welcome to Money Making Conversations Masterclass. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. As always, we recognize I recognize that you all have different definitions of success. I talk about that all the time. There's no there's nothing wrong with thinking different, being different, and but it's important that you maximize your effort to be successful. For you, it may be the size of your paycheck. Mine is inspire people to accomplish their goals and live their very best life. I always tell this on every episode. My guest has heard this many times. Please stop reading other people's success stories. And believe me, she is writing her own right now. Please always leave with your gifts. If you leave with your gifts, then don't let anybody, not even your friends, family, or coworkers, stop you from planning or living your dreams. Those last two statements, absolutely epitomizes my next guest. It's a new year. It's time to start fresh. And most importantly, build your brand. We're going to talk about that. My guest on Money Making Conversations Masterclass is Melody Sharif. She's the star and producer on OWN's hit series, Love and Marriage Huntsville. You know Melody. She's a successful entrepreneur, home builder, TV personality, slash host, motivational speaker, author, and now recording artist within the last year. Melody just released the latest single, Down, which is charting number one on iTunes. She's also uh, the founder of the beauty line, 7th Avenue Premier Skincare which I've ordered, by the way. Now, the latest session of Love and Marriage Huntsville is airing right now on the OWN Network. Melanie was discussing the new season of four. Season four, I can't believe it's four years, four seasons I've known you there. Hit series, Love and Marriage Huntsville, being a parent. We're going to talk about that. Her social life, we're going to talk about that. And being a serial entrepreneur, which comes to the forefront of all my conversations that I have with her when she comes on this show. Please welcome the Money Making Conversation Masterclass, Melody Cherie. How you doing, Melody? Hey, hey. Hi, everyone. How 
are you doing? Look at this. Look, you know, I always enjoy getting a chance to come and talk with you. Well, you know, because there's been a journey with us, you know, and, I, and throughout mm-hmm. that journey, you know, uh, when, when I met you, you guys were a couple and inspiring to get into this lane of television. But you had aspirations always about what you want. And that's what I've always loved about you know, when I always tell people, when you are a couple, that doesn't mean you have to deny your dreams and your aspirations and your opportunity to be successful. Couple doesn't mean you have to couple. It means that there's shared opportunities and one should support the other in the process. But don't ever deny your dreams when you are married or you're in a relationship or in a partnership because it only works if both people are giving max effort. And it only works if both people respect each other's aspirations or dreams and in turn help support each other getting to the next level. Talk about your dreams and talk about so far the journey that you're making right now. We're going to talk a lot. We're going to slow this down because she has a lot to talk about. I feel very honored to have Melanie take set aside 25 minutes of her time to talk about her career and the future. So where are we at right now, Melanie? You know, I will, to piggyback off of what you just stated, I will say that, you know, I've always, you know, loved and enjoyed singing. My first performance was when I was five. Mm -hmm. And from there, I was always singing on television, Mm -hmm. doing pageants, talent shows, playing keyboard at the church and Mm -hmm. on the praise and worship team. Mm -hmm. And so I've always had a love for the arts, being in plays, right? I've always had a love for the arts. Mm -hmm. And so what I am seeing right now is literally the thing that God gifted me with um, that started in my early years. I'm seeing it come to fruition. Um, I'm seeing me, God opening doors for me in the same arena of arts and entertainment and me being able to you know, pursue my music career, acting and hosting, producing. And so for me right now, I'm in a phase and stage of thankfulness and gratefulness. I am just super, super excited about everything that God has in store, despite the obstacles that I've gone through and I've experienced. As you mentioned, it is important that, you know, when you're a spouse, when you're married, to still support one another in your dreams and your, um, you know, your aspirations, which includes as well, making sure that your mate is in the best place when it comes to their mental well-being, their emotional well-being, because it's something about what you can do when you are in a great space mentally and emotionally. Well, let me ask you this, Melanie, because, you know, when people... I always tell people, I call it multi-level or multi-tiered levels of income, multi-tiered levels of opportunities. (laughs) And when I say that, some people say, we should stop. Now, I'm sure some people go, you know, Melanie need to go somewhere and sit down. Now she's singing? Come on now. That's why it was important (laughs) that people need to hear that. This is not something you thought of last week. This is part of your DNA, part of your life. So I didn't know you had a a skill, a a skill outside of singing. I know you can sing. But you're going to whip out that, you know, I can get at the keyboard and do my thing, too. So really, I've said this many times on my show that, you know, the 18, 40, and 60 are key key barometers as far as what you want to do with your life. Because 18, that's when you're a free spirit, you know. That's when you want to do all these things. And somewhere along the line, in your case, you got married. And sometimes when you get married, you became a positive parent. You supported your husband. And y'all were still doing things together, but still— not the things that you could do. So right now in your life, am I saying it correctly? You're now doing the things that you want to do and can do and should do, correct? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's funny that you give those different age ranges because I'm 36. And so, you know, I still have a few more years to go before I hit 40, but I'm closer to 40 than I am 18 or 30. That's for sure. Um, And, you know, many of us have many talents. You know, we have a story in the Bible where it talks about where people were given different talents, right? And so even sometimes when, you know, I've gone on social media and I've been playing the keyboard while I'm singing and people are like, oh my gosh, I didn't know she knew how to play. You know, um, we all have talents and I feel like in due time and in due season, you know, those things show their head again and they show, hey, look, this is here. This was instilled in you. This is a gift that was God given. And so me walking in my purpose and walking in that and being, you know, using that, you know, to help other people, specifically women who can relate to my music, you know, for me, that's exactly where I'm supposed to be. Now, uh, now when you talk about your music, because the beauty mm-hmm. of when I say the word beauty, because you're a beautiful person and sometimes oh. people will uh, use that against you, you know, and say that, you know, oh, she's just getting that because she's attractive or she's just getting that. My whole thing is that I have six sisters, so I, I get really sensitive when people start getting into that that that, that gender bending about this is why they are successful. I, yeah. I love the fact that I've seen you grow, and I want to be in a relationship with you for the next 20 years so I can see, the, hopefully, the, the next end game. Because I do feel that when I said the word 18 and 40, I, what she's doing, everybody, is that a lot of times when people have not accomplished their dreams or not living their dreams, when they get to 40, they feel depressed. They feel that they feel that they can't do anything other than what they're doing at, the, at that time at 40. They feel that there's no future. She's saying the word 36. She's four away from 40. But guess what? She's now doing what she wants to do in her life and can do. That's important. And I really, I want to use this episode of interviewing you as a motivating factor, not only for your fans, because a lot of people who will be hearing this interview, Melody Cherie, for the first time. That's right, Cherie for the first time, will understand she's an independent thinker and you are a brand now officially called Melody Cherie, correct? Absolutely, yes. And, you know, speaking of that, you know, I spent many years where, of course, when I was married, building a brand as this power couple, power duo in business together. And so now me having to rebrand myself solo and then, of course, after being divorced, going from Melody Holt to Melody Cherie and, um, I will tell anyone that hard work is definitely where it's at. Um, You know, you have to have a strong work ethic with anything that you do. I literally had a conversation um, yesterday and I told them, yeah, I actually did my song on Sunday. I went in the studio, recorded my song Sunday, did the cover shoot on Tuesday, dropped it on Saturday. And they said, whoa, you did all that in a week? I said, absolutely. And I went and recorded my other song on that Wednesday. And they were like, wow. Um, I, to say my work ethic is unmatched, um, that would be an understatement. I, I don't look or expect anything to be handed or given to me, um, but I believe in working hard. And my, my mindset is as long as I'm moving God will meet me where I need to be met to make sure I get to where I'm trying to go. So I wake up early, three, four o'clock in the morning. I'm up. There you go. I realize, huh? There you go. That's me, 4.30 every day, Monday yeah, through Friday, that. except for the weekends. Absolutely. Even for me, even on the weekends, mm-hmm. and I utilize every minute, every second of the day mm-hmm. um, to make sure that I don't feel like something didn't get handled because I decided to, you know, not put my all 
into the day. And so you have to be willing to make those sacrifices. You have to, but that comes from it being in your heart. Right. When something's in your heart and um, it means a lot to you, you're going to put in the work, you know? When you're passionate about it, you're going to put in the work. Well, you know, I'm going to back up a little bit here in your journey and the journey of watching you become who you are today. And believe me, there is a br- even brighter future for her. I don't want to limit, like, this is her. She's going to drop a single, drop another single. Her <laughs> entrepreneurship and her give back has always been strong. In fact, you've seen it in some of the episodes of Love and Marriage Huntsville when she was starting her own podcast type setup and trying to get her voice out there and trying to tell everybody her story. And that started with the master classes. And I remember yeah. you said, Rashawn, I'm going to start these masterclasses. And you start rolling it out on your Instagram account. Why yeah. was there? Why, that, I think that was the first foray into you really starting establishing your brand. And then we're going to talk about the makeup line. But that was the first part of stepping out of the entrepreneurship, in, out of the entrepreneurship lane as yourself and sharing your knowledge with other people, especially women. Correct? Well, yes, especially women. You know, I've had um, a situation where I'd actually been heavily a part of um, a friend getting into this industry called property preservation. And so it was successful. And, um, you know, there was something in me that says, you know what, if I can do it once, I can do it again. And, you know, I had this idea of taking the time to teach others how to get into into this white male-dominated industry and showing them the way. It's a multi-billion dollar industry. So showing them the way, showing them how they could get another level of financial freedom and build wealth. And so I launched my first class in June of 2020. To date, I've had over 400 students who've gone through my course, um, mostly African-American females. Mm -hmm. I've had people who've been able to resign from their nine to fives. I've had people who are already teaching their sons and their nephews about the industry to build that generational wealth in that family business. And so it's been great for me and fulfilling for me, to be quite honest, um, to have my masterclass where I am able to pour into others and teach them the game that honestly helped me to resign, to be able to resign from teaching in April of 2011. Awesome. Now, will you go in a little detail exactly what that uh, those courses are so my listeners and my viewers can get a clear understanding of how they can be a part of that and also register? And are, is, it, is it just a, a period where you can join online or is it seasonal? Can you update them a little bit more with more detail? Absolutely. So property preservation is the process of maintaining foreclosed properties for banks. So when a property is foreclosed on as a property preservationist, you know, you change the locks, you maintain the lawn, you clean the property, any issues that happen, theft, vandalism, storm, fire, you take care of those things for the bank and the bank pays you. Um, I covered seven states at one time. So it is a national industry. I've had students from all over the country, from California to New York, okay, to Florida. And so what I will say is that um, if you are, you know, good at project management, this is definitely an industry that you can get in because what you're doing is you're managing these different projects, these different work orders. I actually usually have the class about every three months. I currently have the most recent class I just started. We started two weeks ago. It's a five-week program. And if you're interested, of course, follow me on social media. I always post when I'm having a class coming up. And the website to register is masterclasswithmelody.com. Right. We'll be right back with more Money-Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. 
Now let's return to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. She's doing all this and still doing love and marriage Huntsville. Still being mm-hmm. a great parent, dealing with a lot of social media issues out there. Personal life issues. She's building her brand. She's working. She's focused. Now let's go to the 7th Avenue Premier Skin Care. That's the second lane that you brought into my life. You know, you said, Rashawn, I'm working. Because up there, our relationship is funny. She had she, she direct message me. Rashawn, I'm working on it. What do you think about it? What's it right now? I've always been like a mentor to her, I like to believe. I've always been there to give her positive advice. And I've always been there to <laughs> uplift her. Because that's what people need. I'm going to just tell you, if you want to win in life, surround yourself with people who believe and share your journey. Understand what I'm saying? Not participate in it. Share your journey, which means they're willing to advise you or physically assist you in some ways, financially aid you to make sure your dreams come true because they understand them. So tell us about 7th Avenue Premier Skincare. So at 7th Avenue Premier Skincare, I actually grew up on 7th Avenue. So that's why it's called 7th (laughs) Avenue. Um, As a young girl. Nothing to do with New York. Nothing to do with New York. Huh? It has nothing to do with New York. No, nothing to do with New York, no. <laughs> um, and so, actually, a small town in Alabama called Brundage, Alabama, where we're at life, okay? <laughs> but that is where I started to learn the importance, you know, as a young girl, the importance of care, taking care of myself, taking care of my skin, my body. And so, um, that's why it's named 7th Avenue Premier Skin Care. But I was um, blessed to work with, you know, a black female chemist and formulate my products. I knew I didn't want to get products from overseas and just throw a label on them. And I knew that I wanted to include some of the things that my great grandmother taught me to help me combat pityriasis rosacea, which is a skin condition that I had growing up. Mm -hmm. And so um, it has been doing phenomenal, been doing phenomenal. It's clean, natural, vegan, um, animal cruelty free. And I've already gotten opportunities for it to go into retail. And so the sales are phenomenal. The support is phenomenal. And um, I mean, this is going to be a brand to stick around for quite some time, for sure. Okay, cool. Now listen to what she's doing, y'all. She's taking advantage of all the things that God has introduced in her life, mentally, physically. Okay, she talked about the, the skincare. This was something she had to deal with personally. Okay, mm-hmm. her singing career. She's been doing it since she was a kid in church. Okay, and then the preservation business, the the online five week course is something that she's doing. So she's not stepping out of her comfort zone. She's just expanding opportunities that's been built into her DNA. So that's yep. what I really want people to understand about it. Now, when we talk mm-hmm. about launching a product like this. You know, I don't want people just to hear it because everybody wants to launch a product. Everybody wants to you know, launch some, <laughs> some muffins. They want to launch some some, 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 some some food products. They want to launch all kinds of products. How did you get to the point to be able to say, I got this idea. Did you get with a chemist? What was yeah. What enabled you to bring this brand, which is fantastic, by the way, to where it is right now? Well, I will tell you this. It took three years. It took three years. Um, Pretty much three and a half. I started working on it in 2018. I didn't launch it until 2022. I had to go through the process of rebranding it, you know, because of my divorce. And so I had to see what that looked like. What did that feel like? What felt good to me? How was I supposed to move with the new, what what was going to be the new name? What was going to be the colors? I had to come up with all of that again. And so um, three and a half years of work, 
um, which meant patience because I do believe <laughs> that things happen when they're supposed to, how they're supposed to. Um, so yes, definitely doing my research, um, getting with the chemist because mm-hmm. I, you know, you have to decide those things that are absolutes, meaning this is what has to happen. And so for me, one of those things was it had to be um, USA made. And I knew that I wanted to be a part of the formulating process. Mm-hmm. And so what I will say is no, when you're starting a brand or starting a skincare line, hair care, whatever it may be, stick to um, those core things that you're saying that can't be changed or can't be moved. Don't be so easily been, you know, don't bend so easily with what others may say. True enough, it may have cost less if I just got something from overseas and threw a label on it, but that's not what I wanted to do. And that's not what I felt my supporters, um, what they deserved. And so stick to no matter what, you know, what feels good to you in your heart and then go after it, go full force, full fledged after it and allow nothing, no hindrances, no delays. I say all the time, delayed does not mean denied. Um, Let none of that stop you from building the brand or building the company that you know you're supposed to be building. Well, you know, the interesting point that then is the transition to a TV host, you know, when she got the opportunity to host this series, I remember mm-hmm. she, cause we, she came on the show and I interviewed her about it. And she was, she at that point, she wasn't sure that that was something that she could do, but she pushed past the fear. And I'm not saying anything. We not talked on the air in the interview and she went, Rushan, this is something I want to do on a regular basis. I want to act. I want to produce that, that last step, because I went through the, because we're going to get back to parenting, because that because when you're doing all this, people want to know, where the kids at? Where the kids at? So after you ask this question, we're going to get back to parenting, and then we're going to slide back over to Love and Marriage Huntsville, which airs every Saturday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Pacific, on the OWN Network. We're going to find out what's happening this season. But it was important on this interview. Because I know they dive straight into that all the time. And she has to kind of like squeeze in this, squeeze in this. This is about Money Making Conversation Masterclass. It's about talking to individuals like her who are making a difference in our community as an entrepreneur, especially females who are the largest and the fastest growing populace, especially women of color in the entrepreneurial field. Now, answer that next question. Then we're going to get to parenting. Being a host. Absolutely. So hosting gives me a nice break from reality TV. (laughs) You know, we all know that reality TV has to have some drama. And a lot of times, you know, the cameras are there when you're in situations that you may normally wouldn't be in as quickly or, you know, as soon, but you got to go ahead and have that conversation sometimes. And so reality uh, hosting gives me a break from that. And it allows me you know, to just show another side of me. So I definitely enjoy hosting. You know, I hosted Girlfriends Check-In for OWN. I hosted Behind Every Man for OWN. And I hosted something recently, most recently was for Essence and Coca-Cola. And so I will say that for me, that is definitely a comfort, comfort zone for me is hosting. Well, she's a brand, ladies and gentlemen. You know, I met her. She was just a, a young lady who was married, which is nothing wrong with that. But I mm-hmm. love the fact that she's always been focused. And when you watch the show Love and Marriage Huntsville, like I said, airs every Saturday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Pacific on their own network. You know, you're doing all these things, 
nonstop. Where does the, the the time for the kids fall in line? How do you align that relationship? Because there's a lot of moms out there who want to do what you do. How are you able to be able to manage the love because the and the need? Because I always tell people, these kids didn't ask to come in this world. We brought them mm-hmm. into this world. Absolutely. So for one, it's very important that you have an amazing support system. It's important that, um, you know, you also communicate and talk with your children. So my children know what I'm doing. They know what I'm working on. I have those real conversations with them. You know, I have conversations with them about what it is that they want to do as they get older, right? And so my hope and prayer is always that I'm knocking down doors that they will then be able to easily walk through. So everyone in the family understanding the assignment, so to speak, is super, super important. Um, I can tell you that my children... They still get their mom. We still go on vacations. I still, you know, pack them up. We'll go to the indoor water park. We'll go to the beach. We'll go to Dave and Buster's. I still <laughs> cook. Shoot, I cooked the other night their favorite chicken pot pie. I still cook. I still take them to school. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they come first regardless, period. They come first. Well, I'm talking to the brand. Melanie Sharif, the star, love and marriage, and producer. Let me put that back. Let me slide back. Star and producer, <laughs> love and marriage, Huntsville, which airs every Saturday night, 8 p.m. on the OWN Network. What is going to happen this season? I, you know, I, I'm gonna let you kind of tell it because you know I might get to tell out too many details, and then OWN won't let you back on my show. But it's still high power. Your boy been to Africa. You know, he coming back with all these ideas, social media posts, getting people fired up, uh, infidelity questions, relationship questions. Woo! Just let everybody know, why did you do the show and how did you guys come to a, come together as a couple before we start talking about what's happening this season? Absolutely. So we pitched the show to Carlos King, my ex and I, and um, had a consultation with him, pitched the show to him. And um, in the midst of that, once we agreed, you know, to go with his production company to get us a show, it took us about three years of us selling Huntsville to him. I would test Carlos all the time and let him know what was going on in the city and what was going down in terms of the, how the city was growing. And um, eventually he sent us a contract. He was like, look, we put together a sizzle for him, sent it to him. And he said, oh my gosh, I want to sign you guys. I don't want you to sign with anybody else. I want to work with you. He sent a contract that day. We signed it. It gave him a certain time frame to get the show picked up. Um, the next conversation we had was, hey, look, I'm getting some great feedback, but I am really great at getting ensemble sold. What do you guys think about doing an ensemble? Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any friends that you maybe would want to bring along? And so at that point, we presented several friends to him, uh-huh. you know, that we knew, several couples that we knew. And they went through the process of interviewing them and talking with them and, you know, deciding how they wanted to go. And so, um, you know, that's where we are. That's how we're here with Love and Marriage Huntsville. I think for me, the, the idea from the beginning was really to show a young, young black couples who were successful um, doing things in the community, working hard to, you know, enhance the community as much as possible, while also showing real life issues that happen in relationships and that happen with friendships and just being transparent, transparent, honest and open um, about life, like a reality TV show that is actually real that is transparent 
Right. That was the goal. And authentic. And I and you also changed the game because you went from that big city format. And I'm not going I'm not being negative when I say that, you know, and I'm not calling Huntsville a small town, but a smaller city. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And and but if you ever go to the Huntsville, which is the home of NASA, very yeah. well educated. You go there, mm-hmm. they got everything. It is a it is a baby version of Atlanta, you know, mm-hmm. when I'm talking about the 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 uh lifestyle, the education level. And the uh, and the job availability. It's a beautiful city. Mm-hmm. I went there many times. I was fortunate to go there when I was when I was being an entertainer. And so, with that being said, what should we expect, Melody Cherie? What is season four, and why should we look? I know why because I'm watching you. But why <laughs> should we look? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, if I could sum season four up in one word, it would be whirlwind. Woo! Whirlwind. Yeah. Um, if you thought last season was something else, after that reunion that has happened and everything else that's going on, honey, you better buckle up for season four. Okay? Uh-huh. You better buckle up for season four. Well, you know, like I said, you know, that's why I wanted to let everybody hear how this started so you can see that, you know, some of the manipulation, some of the production, you know, you get into these projects and you don't know your journey. And their journey, unfortunately, in, in Melody's situation has led to a divorce situation, played out in the public side, played out in social mm-hmm. media, but it didn't break her. It didn't break her spirit, didn't break her relationships. And know that that's important because you got a lot of haters out there. And these haters are trying to manipulate the system and make people feel that they're wrong. Again, Melanie, Cherie, as always, you bring uh, you drop the gems, you drop the enthusiasm, and just to watch our relationship grow. And you know you have a home here, Money Making Conversation Masterclass. Oh. I will support the show. Tell them to send those, those videos. Tell me. Um, now, this, uh, I, I, I said, you tell me about the song drop. Otherwise, I'd have put that in my newsletter. But that's all right. I'm going to put a little hate on you. You could have told your boy. Uh, Rashad, can you I'm drop sorry. this first? Say, you need to apologize. You need to apologize. DM me, DM me on everything else. But again, <laughs> tell them to send me some uh, videos so I can drop them in next week's newsletter because I've got no banners to promote it. I got 105,000 fan club members go out every Wednesday. And I, I drop them every week to sizzles that go out to promote the upcoming episode. Because I believe in you. I love the people on the show. You are my number one on that show. I will protect you. I will support you. Keep being who you are. You are a blessing and a, what can I say? A, a star of what we Aww. need to, what we, what, 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 you know, you, you represent a lot of great things and keep winning, okay? Thank you for coming to my yeah. show, Melody Sri. You're Thank wonderful. You. <laughs> if you want to hear or see any of my interviews on Money Making Conversations, please go to moneymakingconversations.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I am your host. We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. You are now tuned into the Money Making Conversations Minute of Inspiration with Rashawn McDonald. Hi, I'm Rashawn McDonald from Money Making Conversation Masterclass with your daily minute of inspiration. I sat down with actor, writer, and comedian Leonard Robinson. I talked about the necessity of changing with your times as a comedian. Outside of just stand-up, I mean, the world is different right now. You know, mm-hmm. people are becoming more educated and, and more informed on a lot more issues than they had to be in the past. And with that requires a certain amount of growth on your part as the artist and new creative to understand where the world is right now, the temperature of the world, and decide are you going to grow with it or are you going to draw a line in the sand and say, I'm going to stay right here and keep saying these things. You know, you see it politically, uh, the last couple of years, the whole America first, bring back 
bring back the good old days. Right. It's like, well, when you say things like that, well, good for who? Right. You know, <laughs> you can listen to this full interview with Leonard Robinson. It's available on moneymakingconversations.com. Now let's return to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. They're here. I've, uh, they, uh, we're going to talk about a couple of my favorite uh, cuts on their single on their project. My guests on Money Making Conversation Masterclass are Grammy-nominated jazz duo Marcus and Jean Baylor for their new album, uh, The Baylor Project, Generations, The Baylor Project, a husband, a wife, an astounding duo built on love, faith, family, culture, and community. As the children of pastors, Marcus and Jean's musical roots were planted deeply within the church, and it was there that the road was paved for the influence of jazz, gospel, blues, and soul to make its mark. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation Masterclass, Marcus and Jean Baylor. How you doing? Hello. Hello. <laughs> well, I hope I, I hope I did, uh, did you justice by uh, that intro because uh, the music is... Uh, I'm telling you, man, y'all, y'all, y'all are doing something, you know, jazz is, it's, it's jazz, but it's a mix of something else. Am I, am I missing something when I say that, Marcus and Gene? AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. When your child fights sleep, it can feel like a battle you'll never win. Imagine a bedtime routine you all look forward to, where you cuddle in and let the stress of the day melt away. Welcome to Sleep Tight Stories. A calming weekly podcast that brings bedtime stories, cuddles, and comfort to families worldwide. The stories are quirky, relatable, and spark wonder without overstimulation. So listeners can fall asleep and stay asleep. Each episode is narrated by me, Cheryl McLeod, a second grade teacher, and written by my husband Clark, an eternal second grader at heart. Tune in tonight and bond over a story before drifting off to sleep. Make bedtime the sweetest part of your day. Sleep Tight Stories. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. 
I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Nope, you're not missing anything. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's... First of all, thank you for the amazing introduction. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is that it's music that's born out of our community. So right. when you think of jazz, you, you know the blues is there. You know gospel is there. You know R&B. Right. All those things are the roots of our music that makes up who we are as a people. Right. Before I get into your background, and like I said, I, I may be late to the party. But I'm at the party now with the Baylor Project, okay? I just want to let you know that. And there's two songs that really, uh, they're on my, there are two songs that really stand out for me that I listen to. And uh, and that, that really, I thought, really, talk, what I'm talking about, how diverse the sound is. It's called Only Believe, featuring uh, Jameson Ross. And then Black Boy, you know, Black Boy got that trumpet sliding through there, the piano, the strings, the drums. You know, they all, it's, it's, and then the beat is just a slow, melodic tune that builds up to the vocals are just, that are just slid in at different moments. Those two songs, Only Believe and Blackboard, can we talk about the evolution and the process of creating those really, really different songs on the same project, which is the, the Baylor Project? Yes. Oh, wow. You picked um, <laughs> two very diverse songs. I love it. Um those two, you know, when we approach an album in general, we really approach it as a body of work, and we really take our time to kind of basically live and allow the songs and ideas to come to us, and then we're able to develop them. Um, so Only Believe, I think, that actually kind of came early on, mm-hmm. and I didn't think it was going to work on the album, and Marcus was like, yes! Shame on you. Fine. Shame on you. That is my favorite. That is the, I can't say that. That's a love song I love. I'm an NPR. I can't endorse it. Today. I apologize. I, I slipped over the curb. I slipped over the lane. But Only Believe is a, is a song that stood out on the album. That's all the music stands out. But like anybody who listens to music, you always have a favorite song that just, that just grabs you and it holds on to you emotionally, takes you on the journey. Because what I've taken from listening to the music, you guys uh, when I say you guys, Marcus and Gene Baylor, great storytellers. Wow. wow. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. That's really kind of what we aim to do is tell stories through our songs, but there we are aim to tell stories that are true and authentic, not only to us, but to other people. And mm-hmm. um, a good friend of ours, Andre Guest, he, um, he described this, he wrote a lot of notes and he described the album as a, Soulful sonic story quilt, I believe. Yeah, and you know just how it was all weaved together with the different songs, and how it was like um, you had specific ideas and concepts and themes, but then it still had um, it was like about the universality of the human condition. So even though it's very particular, a lot of the material is very particular to the black community. Right. Um, the concepts and themes are those that really anybody can relate to. Yeah, and, God. and also, I mean, this has truly been a journey for us. I mean, uh, before we were married, um, I was a drummer. Well, well, while, I was, while we were married mm-hmm. as, as well, but I was the drummer in the Yellow Jackets. Right. And Gene come out of an R&B uh, duo called Jeanne. 
It's, and so there's a whole history of our, you know, where we have come from in terms of what we've been doing in the music business, but at the same time been blessed to just be mentored by some of the, you know, the, the legends and just people that inspire us, you know, daily. And we stand it on our shoulders. Well, you know, one of the reasons I created and I've been blessed to be able to have a show like Money Made Conversation Masterclass, I get people to talk about their dreams, what the, they're overcoming their fears, you know, walking through the unknown, dark. Faith plays a major role in that because you already said both of you, both of you came from groups and groups can allow you to, you know, stand and back and lean on somebody for support. And or sometimes they don't give you the support that you want, but there's still somebody you can talk to to step out as individuals and do what you do. Talk about that journey. Well, it's, I mean, I know Gene can definitely add to this, but I guess for us, I mean, we started our own label, mm-hmm. uh, be a light, be a light. And it started at the beginning, just for us stepping out as the Bella project and starting from that first gig of just playing for a set of 50 people. Yes. And so to see how this journey has moved forward. And now we we're blessed to be Grammy nominated this year for our album generations. And actually this is our fourth uh, Grammy nomination within what past four years, mm-hmm. 2018. And so, I mean, you could add more to it, you know, whatever. Yeah. You know, hey, Marcus, you, know, you, could, you could talk, Marcus. Not, we're right. not going to, just not a five minute interview now. You can talk now. He just going to throw it off. Like I'm going to cut him off. You know, you know, they only got about three more minutes, you know, Think. right. This, this show is built to tell your story. This this show is built okay. to, to talk about your journey because I want people to understand. There's a lot of people who want to be you. There's a lot of people who wow. have dreams cut off because somewhere along the line somebody said, "Go get a job." That's not you. You know, you're too old, or you, or you're, you're you're the wrong size, the wrong color. You know, you can't sing. Nobody wants you. Because I know because those things were said to me. I remember as my career as a stand-up comedian. I remember uh, early on. I, uh, the, this guy, uh, I can tell you his name, Paul Menzel. He was the owner of this comedy club in Houston. And um, I came off the stage and if, to a standing ovation. He said, um, he said, you know, you could be a little bit funnier if people could understand you. I go, huh? He said, you know, you're, you're, you're not really clear when you talk. I go, but, they, wow. but, they, but they're laughing. He said, he said, just a note, just a note. You know, you know, but you this is a business you're not going to make it in, you know, because nobody won't ever understand you. So I know that happened to me. And that's why I can just say this to people that when people questioning, well, you know, my success and, well, you know, how did you make it? I had to overcome people telling me to quit, that this wasn't for you. And so I know along the way, you know, you, I said earlier, you're pastor kids. And so sometimes when you're pastor kids, people talk about you're favored, you know, you didn't work hard and yeah. things of those things. And uh, and so that's why I wanted to make sure, Marcus, you tell us your story because I'm going to get to Gene. I'm going to get to him probably on the other side of the break, depending on how hard you talk. <laughs> so continue, Marcus. <laughs> so... I mean, so basically the journey, I mean, so the thing about it is, is that I think it's, you know, one thing that I tell people is that when you have a dream and it goes, it starts with a dream, but you have to be consistent and persistent. And so in saying that, it's it's almost like the thing about it is, is that you tweak your, you, you tweak whatever your business or whatever you're doing along the way, but stay consistent at it. Like, because a lot of times is that, 
I meet people, we meet people in the, in the industry or just in business in general that they're, one thing they're doing this today. Tomorrow, like, well, man, I'm selling insurance. You know, so it's like nothing wrong with that. But my thing is that your dream really boils down to your purpose. And if you understand your purpose, that's what keeps you going. Because one thing I will tell you this is that I learned that motivation and inspiration on the journey comes and go. Yes, it but is. what keeps me going daily is the purpose. Once I understand what my purpose is, then it's like, okay, whether I'm tired, whether, um, you know, it's like, okay, man, now you got to keep going. You're almost there. I mean, the Bella Project, I mean, it started with, you know, now we're blessed to tour and, and you know, have a booking agent. And, 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 but everything started with us doing everything ourselves. We booked ourselves. We, uh, we did all the, I mean, you, I mean, you, you know how it is. You, you name it. I Absolutely. Mean, brought drums to gigs. We, yes. I, you know, the whole nine. So with that being said, I think it's really understanding the journey because it doesn't happen overnight as much as we would like it to. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen overnight. It's a process. Well, the, the thing that I love about this story is so relatable to, you know, nothing's easy. Nothing journey. There are there are hungry nights. He's he'll tell you that there are hungry days. There are days where you sit on the other side of the bed and you and you 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 your feet on the floor, but your body don't want to get up. There are days where where you you actually just cry. You cry not so much out of fear, it's just frustration. It's fear or because you know fear drives that frustration. And I, I should say that because that fear of the unknown, have I made the right decision? But what 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 keeps you going is faith. But also a yeah. plan. You gotta have that plan, everybody. You cannot just walk out that yeah. door and not have an objective because talent would only get you so far. And the bottom yeah. line, you gotta surround yourself with people who believe in the same journey you're trying to make. Yeah. Let me repeat that one more time. You gotta Come surround yourself with people who want to make the same journey with you. And I would tell you, back in 92, I didn't get that. I didn't get what people saw in me, Marcus and Gene. And so that is why this this interview that we're doing now is so important because of the fact that I want people to hear your story. When we when we talk all about uh, the journey, you know, we all, I, I know I tell people I grew up in the hood and I always used to see things on TV and I always felt that what I saw on TV, I could actually be a part of. I guess that was that, that's what helped me out. I was I was a dreamer that really believed that, you know, if I worked hard and I stayed focused, the dream of me being something other than where I was living could actually happen. So when I when I say that, Marcus and Gene, what was your driving force for you? Was it your parents? Was it the culture that you grew up in? What was the driving force that inspired you? To this point, and guess what? The journey isn't over. It's just another starting point because both of you are goal-oriented. I tell people that all the time. A goal and what drives that? What is the drive for the journey? I would say starting out, for me, it was just the love of music. Mm -hmm. Um, Anywhere that I could sing, whether it was the choir in church or the choir in school, the Glee Club, Concert Choir, Madrigals, talent shows, wherever I could sing because I just loved doing it so much. Right. It wasn't, it didn't represent work at that point. Um, it, I just did it. And, um, you know, that's still part of the drive, but of course it's developed over years. Um, and as Marcus mentioned, purpose, that's like hugely important to me um, and the both of us. And also, um, 
and business, of course, business, right. finance, that kind of thing. That's a drive as well. Um, but, you know, it, it kind of grows and develops and changes a bit the old, as you as you get older. And um, but it's it's definitely the drive and love for music, but um, the, the purpose and the passion for it. And um, and you mentioned something. Um, what was it? Oh, excuse me. Um, just kind of seeing yourself in different spaces. Yes. Like growing up, I grew up in a little small town in South Jersey, so I didn't. I wasn't connected to the music industry whatsoever, so I didn't even have a concept that, you know, if I saw a, a music video, you know, on MTV back then or Soul Train, it, it, I loved the thing, but I never thought, oh, yeah, I could go and do that because I was not anywhere in any proximity to close to it as, as I I didn't even know, you know, their art high schools were for real. I was watching Fame, like, man, I sure would love to go there. (laughs) (laughs) It just kind of, I found it and it found me. Mm -hmm. Marcus has a little bit of a different story because he he definitely had to have a lot of drive to break through some barriers. Well, (laughs) well, both, well, the thing about, like like you said before, both Gene and I are both uh, preacher's kids, pastor's kids. Mm -hmm. So Gene grew up, her dad was a, pastor of a Baptist church. I grew up where my dad was a pastor of a Pentecostal apostolic church. (laughs) So Mm. what that means is back then, there was no other music allowed. Well, your your mom wasn't playing either, Gene, but there was no other music allowed in our house other than gospel music. Absolutely. And so with that being said, but this is the other side. My mom, my dad only had like maybe a seventh grade or sixth or seventh or eighth grade education. And he came from Mississippi and, you know, for a better life for the family. And so with that being said, I mean, later on in life, he gave his life to the Lord and, 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 and he ended up pastoring, but they started my dad's church before I was born. I'm the youngest of nine children. His church literally started in my parents' house where they had a baptismal pool in the basement. So that's the beginning of me hearing those stories was the beginning of me understanding what drive is. And then while I was a, a kid, my mom had me at 42. So I, I hung out with my dad a lot. So he would pick up all the members for church. Um, he would be setting up tents. Mm-hmm. I mean, my father was only about five foot three or five <laughs> foot four, I'm probably about the same height. And he would say, right. get out the way I do it. Mm-hmm. And so you're talking about when you watch him, you're talking about drive and somebody just working and just really serving the people and just working hard, I think that's what the beginning of me understanding what it takes to have the drive and the passion and the work ethic. We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Now let's return to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. You got to tell us, how did you start making that music shift? And when did you introduce that music shift to the family? Oh, wow. That's a great, now that's good. So, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm going to bring it in. So I started playing, so I became, I started playing drums at the age of two and I became the church drummer at the right. age of five. Right. So when I got to high You're school, all in, you're all in back there, two years old, yeah. back there. Yeah, yeah. It was, <laughs> you know, yeah, it, it was. So once I got to high school, I think I had a buddy take me to my first 
uh, introduced me to the Yellow Jackets when I was in middle school. And actually, he's a pastor now. Mm-hmm. And a buddy by the name of Chris Kyer introduced me to the music. He, and he introduced you to the music and then ran back to the church. That's what he did. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, Chris. Yeah, that's what he did. No, just, no, but, it, yeah, I mean, it was like, and then later on I had a buddy. This mm-hmm. changed my life. Right. He took me to my first jazz club. Right. And it was over. I right. snuck out. And from there, I don't know why my parents, why my mom had this, because my dad passed away when I was nine. And so mm-hmm. I don't know why my mom had this, but I had a bed, I had a door in my bedroom. So I would literally sneak out to go hear jazz music. And by high school, I you know, I had older mentors that said, hey, man, you need to start doing some gigs. And so they would call me while I was in high school to go play some gigs. And that's where, that's when the bug bit me. And the thing about it is, I'm trying to really figure this out, is that a lot of times is that when you have resistance, in terms of, I remember my family, even at that time, they said, hey, man, drummers come a dime a dozen. Mm-hmm. But in my mind, I'm thinking like, well, I'm going to be that dime in a dozen. So right. I think parents not just handing everything to you sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, it's kind of it's kind of weird. It's almost like it makes you want it more. And it makes you go after it. Like I had a conversation with a family member today, and and he talked about, you know, we, we talked about... Uh, having a plan B. I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, I told them this because I always flattered them because I love basketball. I said, actually, my plan A was to make it to the NBA. Mm-hmm. But at, a, at the age of probably 9, 10, or about 11, my brother told me I was, wasn't going to make it to the NBA. So <laughs> I'll tell you this. Dream killer. Never, dream killer, huh? Yeah, he's a dream, dream killer. killer. Yeah, they dream killer. So, or, or a truth teller. <laughs> so this is a no, no, Muggsy Bowles, Muggsy Bowles he, make it, he made it to the NBA 5'3 now. He Come did. on, see? Yeah, him and Spud Webb was my hero. And Spud mm-hmm. Webb, what percent is that? Is okay, uh-huh. but I'm just saying. I mean, what is the percentage of being a musician? Okay, right. but mm-hmm. a lot higher. I would say this. So, so to bring it all in, I just, I feel like this. Like, I'm thinking about people that have a plan B. And I'm not saying, I believe you should have a plan B and C, but for me, in my mind, most people that I know that has a plan A, that means their resistance and their drive a lot of times is not going to quit right. when they know they purpose. Because I don't believe in, I mean, I told my family, they was like, hey, you go to school for music in New York? I went to music school in New York. And so they were like, you know, I told my mom, yeah, I'm going there. Yeah, I can teach. You know, that's the plan B to them. When I, In my mind, I was like, man, I'm going to New York to play with the greats. And I want to tour and do music for a living. That's what my mind was saying to me the whole time. And I agree with you. I remember when I, um, but my degree is in mathematics. I worked for IBM and I left IBM to be a stand-up comedian. And mm. so I, so in my mind, I always, I could always go back. That was my plan B. It was sitting in the back of my mind. This jokey joke thing. If I'm not going to be the next Eddie Murphy uh Next, Richard Pryor. Then I could always go back. You know, I was, I didn't leave with no, with no discard. You know, they 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 were crying when yeah. I walked out the door, but it was when I decided no, going back was not an option. That commitment yeah. you have to one time in your life. If you say you're going to go to college, if you say you're going to uh, get married, you say you're going to be in a relationship, you say you're going to have children. That's about commitment. And when you make that commitment, that's why I was trying right. to shape these stories that. Really, they can they can line up in anything that you do, whether it's losing weight or getting in shape or getting married or, or, or dating or having children or a job or starting a business. All this, these variables really align themselves 
to the same conversation. It's commitment. And if you're going to have a committed effort, it has to be tied to goals. And when you tie things to goals, then your dreams can become a reality. And yes. that's where people make the mistake all the time. They have all these dreams, no commitment. Mm-hmm. They have all these yep. dreams, no goals. And guess what happens? Frustration sets in. The naysayers become the kings of your conversation. And next thing you know, right. you're sitting back, depressed. Not. And next thing you know, you're 40 years old saying, I wish I, I should have done this. 50 years old, I could have done this. 60 years old, you mad. You mad. Yeah. And just and all your stories about what you could have done. When I tell people, yeah. do not use age as an excuse. If you have a dream, you can still do that for it. And you still got talent associated with it. That, me, do it. Yes. I'm tell you this. I got to say this. So you just mentioned something. You just talked about age. So here you go. In, in our 20s, I was in the Yellow Jackets. In Jean's 20s, she was in Jeanne. Mm-hmm. So when we started, this independent grind started all the way back in 2005. Right. Jean left, uh, 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 left the group Jeanne, I think, in 2000 or something like that. So I'm saying all that to say this. 2005 all the way up to 2017 was nothing, was building and starting our independent journey. Mm-hmm. Now, we went to labels. We did all that. Mm-hmm. Nothing happened. We put out some independent products, spent money. Uh, we lost money, made bad decisions. And, you know, just in terms of that, it was like the education process. Right. Like getting a master's degree. So, yes. So so basically, I was saying that, you know, we made decisions. And, and the fast forward from 2005 now comes 2000 around 14 and I took a long shower and it hit me and said, Hey, we should start this band called the Baylor project where, you know, at the time when I uh, left the yellow jackets, I wasn't doing as much touring. I was doing more production and producing in the studio, Gene and I, and I just said, I want to get back to playing Gene. And, you know, you can, you know, where it features me on drums and you're singing, you know, we have a full band and everything. And so, I said, man, that would really be cool. And she said, that is the dumbest idea. <laughs> I said, okay, baby, don't worry about it. We're going to write some music and it'll make no sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, you said it'll make no sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is 2014-15. So we end up doing our first gig at three shows at this place called Smoke Jazz Club. The first set was a, okay, it's a sort of okay crowd. No, no, I'm going I'm finna, I'm finna to bring it in. I'm going to bring it all in. So we did our first show. It was okay. The first two sets was rocking and it was packed and it was packed. And out of that started a residency for like eight or nine months. Mm -hmm. So that was the birthing of the Bella project. We go in the studio and record and we released this album. Now the industry tells you, well, the industry, the way it's been shaped for years is that, it's a young person's industry yes. where your best years are in your twenties, your best years are in your thirties. Check this out. We're over our forties. Mm-hmm. Our first album drops and comes out, right? Mm-hmm. This album gets nominated for two Grammys, best jazz vocal album 
and a song laugh and move on is for best traditional R&B performance. Yes. Why am I saying this? Marcus, you're saying this because the thing about it is, is that it's never too late to go after your goals and your dreams mm-hmm. right now. And I'm going to put it out there because a lot of times is that the industry says that, Hey man, you, you know, age is what's in your mind. It's what, so there's a new book that's being written. And the book is this. I'm Marcus Baylor. I'm 46 years old. My wife, Jean, can I tell me your age, babe? I don't think you're 46 yet. How am I 46 or 45? Okay, y'all, I forget my age. That lets you know. That's how you stay young, because you stop counting. So that means, okay, I stop counting. Boy, I'm so old, you start to forget. Okay, I'm 40, so I'm 45 years old. And my wife, Jean, is 51. Mm-hmm. So check it out. We're in 2022. Last year, we had a song that was Grammy-nominated called Sit On Down for Best Traditional R&B Performance. This year, our album, Generations, is nominated for uh, Best uh, Jazz Vocal Album, and we just was, was blessed to win an NAACP Award this year for Best uh, Jazz Album Vocal. Now, it ain't about the accolades of this and that. But what I'm trying to tell you is, is is this, is that age and you starting your goals and your dreams, and we literally started over when we started to build a project. So I'm saying that all to say this, is that no matter what your age is, if you have the, if you have the, the breath, and I'm going to call it rest, to dream, then once you dream, you got to go after that thing and put a plan together, like you said, and pursue that and pursue those goals. And this is the thing. Everything that we've done so far, I mean, we don't say this too many times, but I will say this, is that everything was small goals that we put into place. We didn't wake up one day and just say, hey, man, we want to play in front of in a theater. Oh, we want to be Grammy nominated. No, let's be consistent and persistent when we plan in front of 50 people mm-hmm. or when we then only sold 10 tickets. Mm-hmm. Let's play as if the place is packed and full. And so with that being said, that's where the persistent and consistency comes in that and you understanding your purpose. Cool. So hopefully this, you know, will help somebody. Well, it, it helped me because that's what I talk about all the time. And that's what I'm known for telling people ages. Don't let age be an excuse to your dreams being achieved. And Gene, you know, when you talk about that, only 10 people in the audience, you out in front now. Or that sold out audience, you out in front. And you get to see those faces. You get to see what the music and what you're doing and people reacting to it. How how does that affect how you perform, you know, at being an entertainer? Or does it take you to another level emotionally? Does it it give you a little more uh, juice to give... 100, 1,000, 10,000%. Talk about that experience as a performer. So, yes and no. Like when, you know, you draw from the audience for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if audiences really know that, but, you know, when you can feel the energy from the audience, you know, it inspires us as artists on stage. Like, yeah, you know. Um, Now, one thing, you know, especially in jazz, you're going to be in front of different audiences. Right. Um, and so, you know, I, sometimes I'll talk to my, um, when I, I teach, and sometimes I'm talk, telling my students, I'm like, listen, you got to be able to really, you know, a song is a song, but when you come before people, it's really a selfless act when you go before people to perform and sing and do what you do. Um, if you're doing it 
you know, in the right uh, frame of mind. Mm-hmm. But you, it's important to kind of just just kind of sense the room. And um, so it'll be a song where I may sing. I don't always sing it the same exact way every night. For instance, the, um, there's a song called Praise Songs, a hallelujah song. And there's a whole story behind that. But, you know, when we did it, in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and it was like an all-black audience, you know how we do. We talk back to you. Come on now. Hey, hey. All right now. Right. I mean, you know, we had our good buddy, Shedrick Mitchell, on the organ, and he acts a fool when he gets on the organ, and, and it was just a whole thing. And then, you know, when we were in, I believe it was Bratislava, Europe, it's completely different vibe. They do not talk to you like, hey, sing. There's just not a part of their culture, right. you know? And they could be enjoying it, and you're kind of wondering, well, I think, but they're listening. Right. So just understanding that they're they're really listening, but the the spirit of the room was completely different. And mm-hmm. the lady that hugs you with the yeah, ears sung it completely differently. We performed it. It was just it was just a different vibe altogether. Um, and it's just responding that space in the moment and and they definitely enjoyed it because you know one of the ladies just em- embraced me after afterwards and she didn't speak english and i didn't and speak her language so anyway it, it yeah it does affect in a way i think what you do because you're you almost can't help it you know if they're vibing with you you're going to be vibing right back but at the same time it's not People, if you're in Japan, they're going to kind of express themselves differently and depending on the age of the uh, the audience and that sort of thing. So at the end of the day, you have to kind of have an idea of what it is that you are trying to um, give to the audience when you go out there. Sometimes you may have very discouraging situations, um, and it's important to kind of learn how to handle those. Right. <laughs> well, I did, I did it really badly once. You know, being a being a performer is amazing because you're right. Sometimes I, as, as being a performer on stage, some people give you a standing ovation. Some people will, will stand and walk out. That's me talking. That's a standing comedian. <laughs> and you, and so it gives you different reaction. I've some people I've had quiet audience and say, "Man, you're the funniest person I ever." So I, I said, "I wish you told your face, okay?" Because I didn't see any laughter come out of your face, okay? <laughs> really, really, Willie really, really helped me out there. But I, I just want to take the time. I, I, this was a journey. That's what I do on Money Making Conversation Masterclass and allow me to speak to the Grammy-nominated jazz duo, Marcus and Gene Baylor, for their new album, The Baylor Project, Generations. Appreciate it. A husband, a wife, an astounding duo built on love, family, faith, culture, and community. I wish you luck in, uh, on that fantastic night. And again, thank you for coming on Money Making Conversation Masterclass. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you thank so much you. for having us. And um, we hope to come down to your area soon. And when we do, we're going to let you know. You've been listening to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rushan McDonald. Always remember to lead with your gifts. Money Making Conversations Masterclass is a presentation of 3815 Media Incorporated. You are now tuned into the Money Making Conversations Minute of Inspiration with Rashawn McDonald. I'm Rashawn McDonald from Money Making Conversation Masterclass with your daily minute of inspiration. I sat down with writer and director Reggie Rock Bitewood. 
He discussed the message behind the series Swagger, having confidence and living your dreams. The show's called Swagger. You know, obviously on the surface, that's like bravado and and confidence. But really, underneath all of that, Swagger is about having a cause bigger than yourself. Whether your cause is your people, your family, your team, having that cause bigger than yourself um, really gives you that sense of purpose, that determination to move closer to your your dreams and, and your calling. And I think that's why, you know, in Jace's journey, Jace's journey initially is himself. And as we go through the narrative, it, it, it expands as he expands. You can listen to this full interview with Reggie Rock Bitewood. It's available on MoneyMakingConversations.com.